I think what flavor of these new Dunkin' Coconut Refreshers you get says a lot about you. Really? What's it say about me? Well, you got the refreshing golden peach because you're vibrant, fun, and positive. Oh, what about me? The bold purple pomegranate means you're vibrant, fun, and positive. I take it I got this delicious pink strawberry because I'm vibrant, fun, and positive. Yeah, it's a simple system, really. Share the shine. Enjoy a medium Dunkin' Coconut Refresher for $3. Order ahead plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer excludes classic Dunkin' Refreshers. For instance, I don't think about it, I'm thinking. You gotta, you know, believe in that connection and you gotta spice things up. If it gets boring, spice it the fuck up. So I woke up this morning and I was reading uh, Facebook. And as I was reading through Facebook, I saw an old classmate who was talking about his struggles with drugs. And it made me want to do a podcast And when I thought about doing the podcast I thought about it from a perspective of transparency Which is something that Here at The Reality is we always talk about It's important to be transparent He talked about his struggles with uh, Xanax And a prescription drug And it's so funny That we, we talk about Prescription drugs and, and, and white people taking prescription drugs And Black people smoking weed. And I say that because the argument always goes out about black people do drugs. Well, white people do drugs, too. A lot of times they do prescription drugs, but that's what I, I'm not here to talk about who does drugs. I'm here to congratulate him for addressing the issue that he had with drugs. The battle that he had with drugs. To be open and transparent on Facebook about his battle with drugs, how he lost his friends, how he lied to his family, how, you know, he neglected his his kids because of drugs. I think it's important to be transparent because some people may say, oh, he, he's telling his business on Facebook. No, he's helping somebody. He's helping somebody who needs that story. A lot of times we are sitting in our houses with a story that we won't tell because we don't want to seem weak, vulnerable. We don't want people to pass judgment. Well, you know what? They're passing judgment on you anyway, whether you do something good or do something bad. So I applaud this man for doing something good. I'm not going to call his name. He put it on Facebook, so it's, it's, it's information that you could find if you wanted to. But I wanted to say, man, you know who you are. I'm proud of you. I'm glad that you beat you know, your addiction with Xanax. He said that it used to make him feel good. It relaxed him. It made him not worry about anything. That's a lot of reasons why people drink a lot. That's the reason why people smoke a lot, especially black people. You know, we don't even like to address things or speak about things like um, depression. I mean, when you're smoking weed all the time and you're drinking all the time, what are you masking? That would be the question I ask you. You just don't smoke 10 blunts and drink two bottles of liquor just because I want to party. It's something deeper, excuse me. I mean, it's just like we talked about on this past week's podcast when talking about do men cheat and why they cheat. And I know me and uh, Gabrielle, Gabrielle had a small debate in reference to 
you know, why they do it. Some dudes, they do cheat just to be cheating. And then sometimes there is maybe a subconscious reason or a biological reason or a genome type reason of why they're doing that. And they just don't know. That's why they have people in the profession uh, for psychology, psychiatrists, counseling, because with the right questions, you can figure out why and you know what and why you did everything and where it came from, where it stems from, because we all have issues that stem from something. So shout out to your homie on Facebook who told the truth. I also had a good friend who came to me once. And, and before we were good friends, I remember um, we, we went to college together. And he said, after meeting him, I think we had been talking maybe about five minutes. And I don't even know how it came up, but he was like, hey, man, uh, you know, I used to do crack. And I'm like, shit, bro. Like, God damn. Like, where the fuck did that come from? And he was like, I just wanted to let you know, because I know sometimes I'm a little hype. I talk real fast and blah, 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 blah. You know, and he was just telling me why, because he was real antsy, but he's good now. And he was just like, you know, I, I had to get my life together. And I was like, and right then and there, this was like two years, three years ago. And I'm like, bro, that's <laughs> I respect you for even saying that. Like to tell me that you used to do crack to explain and not really explain. But I think, you know, sometimes when you when something is going on with you, you want to you want to you want to take advantage of talking about yourself or informing people of something about you before they find out. So it makes you feel a little bit more secure. You, you it's it's like uh, it's kind of like Eminem and eight mile when he rapped about himself and he took all the firepower away from the opponent who was rapping against him during the battle. So he had nothing to use. He had to think if you're going to talk about me, you're going to have to think of your own joke. You have to figure it out yourself. I'm not going to give you that ammunition. And I feel like that's what uh, my friend did at that time. Excuse me. Why am I talking about all of this? Because being transparent and being vulnerable is so, so important. If you're not doing it with a counselor, if you're not talking to a significant other, if you're not talking to your parents, you got to look in the mirror and be honest with yourself. And how many of us, how many of you are doing that? It took me a long time to do it. But when I started this podcast, I've said several times to people on the street, to people over the phone, to people I know and to people I don't know via email. If you tell me something honest and true about yourself, I'll tell you something honest and true about me. So that's what this podcast is about today. We won't have a podcast this weekend because Memorial Day weekend is here. And I'm going to go back home and check on some family, hang out with some friends. And every time I go back to the country, it just make it. I don't know. It's, it builds my morale. It humbles me. It shows me where I come from. And in the same token, it shows me where I'm going. Uh, the country has a way of, of, of making you think outside the box. It has a way of making you see who you really are and putting things in perspective. So for me, I like to go, you know, every once in a blue moon when I feel like things are going good or when things are going bad. And I'm trying to work on just going when things are going okay and just, you know, in the in-between stages. So I'm going home so we won't have a podcast. But to tell something transparent about myself, I remember when I first moved to Dallas, and hopefully this story helps somebody who wants to get out of their comfort zone, who wants to step out, who wants to do something that they never done. And, and my brother, he's probably going to hear something that he didn't know about. Um, a lot of times I tell stories and he's like, you did that? And I'm like, yeah, man, me and my brother wasn't we weren't as close as we are now between the ages of 18 and probably 25. 
uh, he had gotten married and uh, he was pretty much wrapped up in his wife at that time. And I understand, you know, he was young, but we kind of lost contact with each other. But my, my, my story of transparency and vulnerability was I remember being 18 and I, you know, I went on recruitment trips to Atlanta. Um, I was back and forth to Atlanta for a little bit. I was doing things that I had no business doing. And, and, and my mom had moved out. We had a four bedroom house in Texarkana. We had just, we had been in there a couple of years. We moved in in high school. My mom had finally got a good job after her and my dad got divorced and things were looking better. Finally got this nice house after living in the hood and, you know, living in a hand-me-down home and a shotgun home and a home where everything always was wrong or the neighborhood just wasn't right. My mom, me and my brother, we finally made it out. And my mom moved out. She was uh, in a relationship. Everything was going great. She was moving on. My brother had just got married. So I was left in a four-bedroom house by myself, 18 years old. And didn't know what to do. You know, most kids would be like, oh, party, party, party. And I partied and I had sex and I did the things that I did. But what else are you supposed to do? So after doing recruitment trips and everything like that, a couple of years, I got a job at the hospital. I ended up moving to Dallas. Long story short, when I moved to Dallas, I wanted to move back home. I was like, I cannot. I can't do this. I can't make it here. Something that a lot of people say. I'm, I'm homesick. I want to go back home. But you left for a reason. And I battled through the depression. I battled through being by myself. <clears throat> and to jump back before I even moved here at a young age around, you know, I, I moved to Dallas around 20, like 21. But before I came here, the story was I drink, really didn't smoke. And I drank and I drank and I drank. And I remember I had to make a change because one day my brother came to my apartment and he found me in the kitchen sleep with a broom in my hand because my black ass was sweeping the floor. I was so drunk that I just fell out on the floor. Most people would call that a hell of a night, a good night. It was girls all over the place, homeboys sleep all over the floor. It was a party. But I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy because my mom was gone. I wasn't happy because football was no longer in my life at that time. I wasn't happy because my brother had gotten married. I was by myself with five women scattered across the front room and three homeboys. I wasn't happy with so many people around me. So I decided to move, and that's when I moved to Dallas. I met a girl. I really cared about her, and, and, and I moved. And then I got here, and I met my same self. I was still miserable, still sneaking and drinking. And uh, I was with my, my, my stand with my god sister. But because she wasn't my blood sister, her boyfriend didn't like it, so I had to get out. So I slept in my car for a few weeks. My mom found out about it. I got on my feet, moved in with her, and uh, found me a job, and I was out in a few months. Still wanted to go back home, but I battled. I stayed. Got caught up in some things when I was here. Beat that. Got better. Fell down, fell down, got up. Fell down again, got up. Fell down, fell down, fell down again, got up. All the way up until today. I've been up here for about 11 years. I'm 33 years old. And over the last couple of years, I had fell down again. See, moving and getting out of your comfort zone and stepping off that spot, it ain't going to be easy, player, but it's worth it. You got to do it. You got to do something to pick yourself up. Sometimes you do things that get you to a point of success and a point of failure. But as we all know, it's how you respond. 
So the last couple of years, <clears throat> let's, let's, let's jump into a five-year span real quick. I remember getting a job at Fidelity, making good money. Some other things happened. And over a two-year time frame, I ended up bringing in about $160,000. Good money in Texas, good money for 2010 or 2008, whenever it was. And then the market crashed, and I was last one hired, first one fired. I was unemployed for two years, struggling in the apartment that I had because when I was making all that money, I bought a new car, I bought an apartment that I could afford then, but I didn't think about a plan B. I lost the girl, I lost the apartment, and I almost lost the car if it wasn't for a good friend back home who met me in Sulphur Springs and we switched out cars and I drove his car for a while and he drove my car back home in Texas County. That's what friends are for, right? So until I hustled up enough money to get the car paid off, and we exchanged cars, I started getting back on my feet. Got another job. Things didn't work out. Last one in, last one hired, first one fired. Happened again. I'm laid off, and I'm like, why does this keep happening to me? How does this keep happening? I'm working. I'm grinding. Like, what, what the fuck is going on? Somebody told me that God will keep showing you the lesson until you get it. Are you going to get this lesson, or are you going to keep on trying to buck against it? Struggling. I wasn't praying. I wasn't going to church, but it's bigger than that. You all know I feel like you don't have to go to church, but I wasn't even praying. I wasn't even asking God for anything. I was just trying to fix it myself. So all the way up to now, <clears throat> I got a job, got me another place, bounced back real quick. And then my brother got my niece, fought for her in a court case to keep her from being a sexually abused. Shout out to my big brother, Jermaine. So I moved in with my mom. I had a job. I moved in to help her out. We moved in. I moved in with her to help out with with my niece to make sure she had a place, a home to help out with my brother. I just wanted to move in for a few months to help out because the hours of his job and my mom's job didn't allow them to do that. And I was working from home at the time, so I was able to pick her up, keep her, whatever. I got laid off again. So I ended up being at my mom's house a couple years. About two years. And then I got laid off and I was unemployed for a year, year and a half. Finally met a good guy. He gave me, uh, helped me out, got me another job, the job that I currently have now. And in two weeks, I'm transitioning into a new job. Throughout the last two years, I did a lot of praying. I did a lot of soul searching. I did a lot of being humbled because I just didn't get it. <clears throat> what am I saying? I'm staying with my mom now. A lot of people would be scared to say that, nervous to say that, but I'm a man. I pay my bills. I help out with her bills, and I take care of myself. You know, ain't no writing my name on a goddamn carton and shit. <laughs> writing my name on a carton and shit. Life happens. Struggles happen. I could have moved out a long time ago, but I didn't know where I wanted to go, but now I do. I could have lived with, you know, my significant other, but that's not something that I chose to do. I, I, I don't like to leech off anybody or feel like I am. I wanted to leave so many times when I was here at my mom's house when I wasn't even ready. But I got good friends I talked to and they was like, hey, get your feet settled and then go. Don't worry about what people say. And nobody ever said anything. But as a man with my ego, I always felt less than. So I'm here today to say if you stick with it, it's going to be hard. But if you stick with it, you'll be good. Uh, over the last year or so, I feel like God has blessed me 
to create this podcast, to create this content, to create and meet new people. He gave me natural gifts that have flourished into something more. And on this week, I was hired with a 50% increase. You do the math. That's good. And I'm thankful. So with all these people being transparent and vulnerable, I'm being transparent and vulnerable to say I have struggled. I have lost and I have gained and I've been arrogant and I have lost again. And then I was humbled. And now I'm gaining again with a lesson of always be humble, always be transparent and vulnerable with those who are transparent and vulnerable with you. Always be honest and real with yourself and stand in your moment and fucking own it. That's what I have to say. We'll be right back. Again, you listen to The Reality Is Where Filter Becomes Extinct. I had a conversation with a friend um, about a week ago. We were talking about sex in a relationship. And we were talking about it from the perspective of if you care about this person so much, Everything is being done right. They're doing everything right. They're supportive. They can cook. They're attractive, man or woman. Everything is 98% perfect. But the 2% is you out-sex them. What is What, what the fuck does out-sex mean? <laughs> it means that you like to have sex more than your partner. It may be good when you do it. It's just that they don't do it as much as you do. What do you do some people say spice it up some people say change it up but sometimes you can't change a woman's libido or a man's sex drive some people are just confident in doing what they do the small amount of time that they do it or a lot amount of the time that they do it what do you do about that do you leave do you stay I definitely believe at first you got to try to figure it out. You got to try to pick that person brain, his or her brain, to try and figure out why they don't like sex um, or sex is not as important to them. Like I said about the cheating thing, um, when me and Gabrielle had the debate, oftentimes it's something that's deeper. Have they been touched by a family member? Have they been raped? Is there a different decision? And oh yeah, men can be raped too. Men can be butt fucked. <laughs> don't get it twisted. Not all men are gay because they truly chose to be gay. Um, and I'll leave that right there. That's for another story, another story for another day. But I think conversation comes in, in into play to where you have to try to understand why they don't like to. And then you have to come up with the idea or come to some kind of conclusion with yourself. Is it worth staying? Are you going to cheat? Do you feel like because the balance of you wanting to have sex and her wanting to have sex or him not wanting to have sex and she wants to have a lot of sex. Is that something that will cut the relationship short or can you sustain a healthy relationship, a, a healthy sexual relationship with someone who's indifferent to how much sex they would like to have? <clears throat> Excuse me. I think it's important. Sex is one of the biggest reasons outside of finances why marriages do not work whether it's too much sex and somebody's cheating or it's not enough sex and somebody ends up cheating or they just end up leaving. But I think that's between two people. I think you have to understand your partner. That's one of the, that's where that for me, that's one of that's why I don't agree with no sex before marriage. I remember talking to this girl 
And it was actually a couple of semesters ago when I was on campus and it's a good friend of mine. And she was like, I, you know, she's real into Jesus and God. And she's like, I, you know, the Lord is just this and that and the other. And I was like, okay, cool. So we talked about sex and she's like, well, I haven't had sex, but I've done other things. I'm scratching my head right now. I wanted to know what the fuck are the other things. Cause if you getting head or giving head, that term is oral sex, which means you're still having sex. A lot of people think that I don't know why, but if you give oral sex, that's not having sex. No penetration happened. Nothing happened. Well, penetration happened because his penis went in your mouth. That's penetration. You sucked his dick. That happened. That's sex. Some people think anal sex is not sex. God damn it. The vagina is a hole. The asshole is a hole. One, something goes in, the other comes out, but it's a goddamn hole. That's fucking sex. So for all you Bible thumpers out there who think giving a blowjob and taking it up the, 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 the tube chute ain't sex, you're wrong. But give yourself a goddamn break. Why would you want to get married to a little dick man? Why would you want to get married to a woman who ain't wet or that you honestly probably can't get aroused a emotional connection that you have with hanging out with somebody that's fine and good that's good you need an emotional connection to make a relationship work it's called intimacy you need that but what if you can't or what if he cannot please you and you never figured that out until the wedding day when you're laying there waiting for this explosion that your girls told you is going to happen and it never happens. Or you as a man, you're waiting for that eruption that is supposed to happen, but never happens. Or when it happens, it's subpar. So instead of these, it's like, beep, like them little party things where it's like, I mean, nah, bruh, nah, sis, get it in before you get married. And some people ain't going to like me saying this, but I'm not waiting and you shouldn't either. But I had a few listeners who gave their perspective on outsexing their partners and whether you should stay, whether you should go, and the dangers of possibly stepping outside of that relationship to figure those things out. Here's what they had to say. No, no, no. I think about germs, you know, when I think about people want to be, you know, in and out of something and curious, because you're just going to get the same result at the end of the day. You're still going to bust a nut regardless who kitty you're in. So it's just, if it's more of a mental thing, I mean, it can be different in the, at the end of the day, a little different, but you're still going to get the same result. So, you know. Personally, I don't really, I, I have a thing where I'm only like attached to one person. <laughs> so whoever I'm with, I'm going to love them the way it is because, you know, there's just, you 
gotta you know believe in that connection and you gotta spice things up if it gets boring spice it the fuck up i mean you can't just you know want to have sex with other people it ain't I don't think it's gonna feel the same way emotionally because I'm the type of person who likes to be with someone that I'm into. That's why I can't even do, you know, one night stands because <laughs> it's there's no point for me. But um, I think if it gets to the point where you know that person's not giving it up and you're kind of wanting it, then maybe it's time to leave the relationship and find something new. If it's get if it gets to that point, but when you're with someone you care about. If you're with someone that you care about, you know, none of that should ever fade away. I don't think you should allow it to. You gotta spice things up. Do something different. You know, go on dates where you feel like or act like it's your first date out and like, you know, like a couple of strangers and just kind of, or maybe role play. I don't know. Spice things up. (laughs) It should never get to a point where you're tired of your, you know, of your partner. Um, if that's the case, then yeah, like just break it off, break it off and just find someone new, something more, somebody more interesting or more up up your level or something. But I think, you know, you're supposed to cherish whoever you're with. I'm, I'm just old school like that, I guess, you know, I, my mentality is so old school that I want things to be forever. I want to say thank you to Shay and Kayla, my anchor responses of the day. Up next, we're going to have a short conversation between me and Lanisha Harrell from Lawrence, Kansas. And I'm asking her, I'm posing her the same question as I posed to these two young ladies. And you'll hear what she had to say up next. Like, what is your perspective on being in a relationship to where you outsex that person or you're more sexual than that person is, but you have cravings for other people while you're in that situation. Do you think you should stay? You should go like, what is your mindset on that? Um, I think it just really depends on your needs and where you think that those kind of stem from. I feel like if it's a desire to have other people because you're not getting fulfilled within your relationship, then that's something that you really need to address. But if it's just a, Oh, there could be better out there. I'm getting everything I need. I think it's, Maybe you kind of need to look inside and see what's driving that. Uh, I mean, that's for me. I mean, I've always, within my relationship, I think been the more sexual one. And it's frustrating if your partner doesn't share that. Yeah. So I think that that can lead to you maybe wondering what else is out there. So I think if you have a partner that understands and is willing to work with you, it's showing showing that they're willing to work with you, you know, proving it, you know, with their actions. Then it's then all that's good. something you can work with. But it's not if it's something that's fundamentally uh, essential to your happiness. I think you really, you really have to think about, am I going to be able to deal with this person for, you know, 20 plus years and not get what I need in the bedroom? Yeah. I mean, because a lot of arguments can stem from that and a lot of um, bad feelings can come from that and then it kind of, leads over into other parts of your relationship and I think it can become toxic if it's something that's not addressed. No, I understand and I agree. So do you think, do you you agree with sex before marriage or you think you should wait till you get married? Um, I've been on the fence about that as of late because um, I think timing is everything. Yeah. But 
Um, as far as for a woman's perspective, like if you have sex too early, does that jeopardize the relationship becoming more serious? Or like, do you wait? Because they say, you know, if you wait, then that means that they're willing to wait for you and they're really serious about you. For me, being a more sexual person, I feel like if I did not have sex before marriage, I'd go fucking ape shit. To this person, I would be so upset if it just wasn't what I needed. That's what I'm saying. I don't believe in divorce. You can't. You know, like, so I need to, like, yeah. test drive the car before I put down the down payment and purchase. Yeah, what if he got a four inch dick? What you then what you do? You up shit creek. That's yeah, that's not gonna work for me. I mean, I understand that having a little dick I mean, if every guy could go in a store and pick his dick or go into heaven and or be there when God created us, they everybody pick an eight inch dick or bigger. But that ain't the case. So you need to figure that shit out before you actually get into that. And I mean either dick size isn't even the biggest thing. It's what if they do have, you know, an adequate size dick but they don't know how to use it. That's almost worse. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like putting a a a nail in a board and hitting it, hitting all around the board, but not hitting the hammer. I mean, hitting the nail. It's, exactly, <laughs> it's not accomplished. It's not accomplished. Ah, oh, my goodness! No, man, no. I, I mean, that's the biggest thing. I have to be satisfied physically in order for my relationship to work because I feel like. So many parents, things are tied yeah. to the physical aspects of a relationship. Like, for me, I can express myself easier physically, um, sometimes better than I can with words. Yeah. And conveying certain emotions is easier physically for me because it's easier, I think, for us. Well, I can't speak for everyone, but for me, sometimes it's easier for me to be um, vulnerable yeah. in that situation and rather dur- than during like, having sex. Having to just like expose my heart with words, yeah. That's very hard. So being, more. so what you're saying yeah. is being intimate and being sexual is easier to you sometimes with somebody in a relationship than actually saying words. Is that correct? Yes. Well, I think that's all right with me. If somebody said, "Do you want me to tell you I love you or ride that dick?" I'm gonna say, "Get on this motherfucker. <laughs> Do you need a saddle?" <laughs> but here's the, here's the like downside with that. Then it's like. Are they really hearing, quote-unquote, what I'm saying? True. Or do they just want to have sex right now? That's very true. Sometimes there's a moment, you know, everything has a time and a place. Exactly. And sometimes, like, I need you to know that you hear what I'm saying. Very true. I think a lot of things, I think a lot of things that happen, too, and, and this has been discussed before as well, to where, it's like if you're dating someone or even in a relationship, if you give of yourself too early, meaning sex, then what is that person falling in love with? What are they attracted to? Is it you or is it actually what you gave them sexually? And that can also I cause mean, a problem giving it up too early, right? I mean, yeah, because I think that, it, and that's what I was talking about when you were talking about sex before marriage, is that, I mean, you need to make sure you're compatible sexually because that's important, but you also need to make sure that people love you in your entirety, Yeah. and maybe you're really good in bed, maybe you get really good oral, and you're, like, down to be super adventurous, that's yeah. great, but maybe you are super messy, you don't pick up every stuff, you can't cook shit, but yeah. that's kind of a big issue sometimes to some people, maybe that doesn't matter, but I think that you need to know a person in multiple ways Very true. in order for a relationship to work and yeah. if I only know you in a single dimensional way yeah. and I don't know every facet of your being I'm not going to be able to commit to you or if I do choose to commit to you then it could mean issues in the long term Very true. You know, things will crop up and you get really distracted early on in a relationship 
with specs and the newness of it all and saying, man, like, this is really great because everything is new. You have a first time so many times so early in a relationship. And then after you've been with someone for a while and it's like the humdrum daily things kind of start to take place. And if you don't have a solid foundation to stand on at that point, then things are going to fall apart. Very true. No, I agree. Well, man, I appreciate you for taking time off the job to give me a call to, to, to chop it up with me on the podcast and make it more of what it is. Are we saying your name or are we not using your name? I don't care. You should use my name. That's what I love about you. Well, that's Lanisha from Kansas, but she is in what part of New York right now? I am in Cooperstown, New York, which is like an hour and a half west of Albany. Yeah. About three and a half hours away from the city. I'm in upstate New York. There's a bunch of big ass trees. It's beautiful <laughs> today. It's breezy. It's 70s. I know you're jealous. Yes. Not much sweating in Texas. Yeah, I know, man. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, in Texas right now, it's ball sweat weather. And you're supposed to be 90 here Saturday, but it's not 90 like Texas 90. Yeah. It's no. like beautiful 90. Yeah, Texas 90 is, yeah, it's shit. It's not nothing beautiful unless you're white because they like to sit on the patios and tan and shit and niggas be trying to get inside. Yeah, so. sunscreen's important. I had that conversation with my mom last week and I was like, you're white. Wear sunscreen. Yeah. The answer is real. Shit, if you're black, you need to be wearing sunscreen. You need some FPF 30 at least. sunscreen every day. Yeah. Every single day. That's how I keep my My black ass is wearing it. Uh, I'm doing it more so now. I wasn't doing it a lot then, but I'm definitely doing it more so now. I think that black people forget that we're still susceptible to sun rays. I mean, I know I am because I'm hella bright. Yeah. So I sunburn, so I have to wear sunscreen because it's painful to be sunburned. Yeah, I haven't had that yet. I mean, I'm a little darker than the average bear, so, I mean, it's it's beneficial to be this black. Okay, smoky the bear. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'll get at you later. Like I said, I appreciate you for calling. All right, no problem. All right, you have a good one. She said, I know what I'm telling you is the truth. She said, but you might meet somebody that makes you feel like me. Mm. And they don't have the greatest intent. Ladies, I'm gonna give you some game right now. Game I know the men are cringing because like they better game don't get time. like don't give it listen, all up. Give some but of it listen, up. women. Women are the major key. Women, what is the difference between the truth? This is something I talk about on the on the God box. Women, what's the truth? I mean, what's the difference between the truth and good game? Okay, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. There is T- no Tina, you didn't know? There is no difference. You didn't know the answer? <laughs> there is no difference. Right. The only difference is the intent. And you don't know the intent until you're pregnant and you're gone mm. or y'all have lived with each other for 80 years and you're old. Mm-hmm. The truth is, if I love you, I'm going to say, baby, I love you with all my heart. If I'm running game, I'm going to look at you the same way if it's good. And say, baby, I love you with all my heart. And I give me that pussy all your money. And now I'm gone. Mm. Gone. gone. Damn. Yep. <laughs> combat jacking. Hey, Hashtag. This is a combat jacking episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just did the same thing you did. <laughs> this is something that I believe for a long time, for at least the past 15 years. And, and some people think it's blasphemous, but I don't give a fuck. These nuts, right? Mm-hmm. Um... Integration was the worst thing that could happen to black people. You heard me. You know I say that all the time. All the time. Yeah. It is. Integration was, do you believe that, King? Yeah, it is. Why? Why do you think that? Oh, bro, it's, listen. 
Um, in slavery, you knew what you were fighting against. Yes. Black folks think in they're Jim free. In Jim Crow, you knew what you were fight, fighting people, about. People think they're free. Mm -hmm. I, I tell this to college students all the time, and they fuck their head up. I say, what are you working for? Are you working to go and build your community? Hmm. Are you working to go give your power back to white folks? Hmm. Watch this with rappers. What is a buzz? buzz a buzz in the hood or in the music in, in industry, what does it translate into? Attention and hopefully currency. Power. Power, okay. Right. What's the first thing a person who's black with a buzz, what's the first thing they go do? Besides Tech 9 Sign on the dotted line. They go give their power to a white man because they don't think that they can wield the true power. Because the white man's ice is colder. That's what they believe. Yeah. As they say in uh, Baptist churches, he just said a whole mouthful. Did you hear me preach? Are you with me? I agree with David Banner on this. This is David Banner's interview with Combat Jack. If you don't listen to podcasts, man, if you ain't listening to podcasts after listening to my podcast, then you definitely need to go listen to some other podcasts because there's it's so much truth out there. I played these two clips because these are things that we talked about on our episode 61 with Chris Lewis and uh, Joshua Parker and Gabrielle. It's so important to own your own shit at some point in your life. I've talked about it before. I've been asked, man. By somebody to me in my mind with house nigga mentality and Uncle Tom mentality, would you ever give up your podcast or be syndicated under someone of a major network to get more branding, to be bigger than what it is? Fuck no. Because you know why? If I do, I won't be able to discuss the things that I discuss right now. We won't be able to put them on notice. We won't be able to tell some white people what they're doing wrong. We won't be able to tell some black people what they do wrong. We won't be able to speak anything, period, about white people. When shit needs to be said. This interview with David Banner, man, it was so enlightening with him talking about the God box and everything else. And I think it's so important to understand your true power and your true wealth which is what he discusses in the podcast. I personally feel like it's so important, which is why I talk about it so much. It's so important to give back to your community. It's so important to be honest and transparent with yourself. It's so important to show reciprocity to your neighborhood, to your community. We talked about gentrification on the last podcast. This is how it starts. You leaving your your neighborhood, you giving your power to somebody else, even in basketball. We see it in basketball and football every day, especially college football. It's ran by whites who don't want to pay 75 percent, 78 percent of black athletes. No, I, I know it's white people in other braces that play, too. But if you take all the black athletes out of football, if you take all the black athletes out of basketball, what the fuck do you have? There is no NFL without black people. There is no NBA without black people. But we still allow them to pimp us. You feel like you need them to get a message out. You feel like you need them to do the things that you need to be done. But the most powerful way of spreading news is still by far the word of mouth. Some will say newspaper. Some will say social media. But word of mouth? That is still the number one way of spreading news. Word of mouth has turned into Twitter fingers. <clears throat> it's still a form of word of mouth. You don't need anybody outside of your community to help you build something. He went on to say, 
maybe and it's so funny because I think Chris Lewis or Josh said it on last week's podcast and David uh, Banner echoed it in his interview with with Combat Jack. Where in the hell can you go? You could go find a little Italy. I was in um, San Diego. I, they have an area called Little Italy, Italy. In New York, you have Chinatown. You have all these places, even in Dallas, you have area uh, areas in Dallas where you can go and you can find an area where Hispanics own restaurants. They own taco shops. They own nail shops. They own uh, uh, check cashing places. They own these things. They own them. Where the fuck in Dallas can you go? Where can you go anywhere that I'm aware of where like there is a black owned place? Or you know the restaurants are owned by black people. You know that the hair stores are owned by black people. And when I say own, I don't mean they just opened a store. They own the chain of it. They own the chain of command of where those things come down, where those resources and where those products come from. I know nowhere because we're always looking to team up with somebody else, whether it's white or whether it's somebody else. Yeah, I understand you you need a team and people want to work together. I get that. But when are we going to feel like we can do something on our own? Without feeling like we got to be the big dick in the room. I've talked about it since I've been doing the podcast. Excuse me. I've worked with people who want this platform, but they don't want to work for this platform. They want you to listen to them, but their actions don't add up. It doesn't match their words. You ain't ready then. You ain't ready to lead no fucking body because you're not willing to follow. As much as I host this podcast, I'm still a follower and a learner and a student of life learning. That's what a lot of times it it, it happens with black people. We ain't willing to learn. We ain't willing to follow. We want to lead. We want instant gratification. Don't nobody fucking owe us nothing. We didn't get out and pick nothing in them fields. So we need to learn how to come together to educate. And keep things in-house and build them up and quit passing out all of our resources like we need somebody to help us get to a certain place. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Like I said, I just wanted to give you guys a little nugget of a podcast, man, since we're not going to be here on this weekend. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. I hope you continue to listen. You can go catch us on um, iTunes at The Reality Is. That's T-H-A, The Reality Is. Listen to us on SoundCloud. Listen to us on Stitcher. And the most important thing, we need this. The most important thing. Please leave a rating, leave a review, click on the hearts, show us some love. Even if you don't fucking like it, leave your opinion. Maybe it's something we can do better. You can also email us at info at the reality is again, that's info at the reality You can keep up with all things. The reality is with upcoming events. Uh, some of these articles that I'm writing about and things of that nature by going to www.therealityis.com. You can find me on social media, on Instagram, and on Twitter at Sir Robert Poe. That's S-I-R-R-O-B-E-R-T-P-O-E, Sir Robert Poe. You can find me on Facebook at just my regular-ass name, Anthony Roberts. You can find my co-host, Gabrielle, on all social media platforms. Like she said, she's learned to use her synergy and synchronize everything as one for marketing purposes. But you can find Gabrielle Johnson as naturally underscore G-E-E. That's three E's. I maybe only said two. Uh, also, be sure to check out our administrative consultants website. And, you know, if you need somebody to help you out with your website or other things, she's the place to go. By going to www.noartesia.com. That's K-N-O-W-A-R-T-E-S-I-A. And know this episode is brought to you by Robert Poe Photography, where they capture the moment in every smile. 
Robert Poe Photography provides services for every occasion from wedding to food photography, and they guarantee a quick turnaround of every session. So for more information, go to Robert Poe Photography. And just in case I left anything out because I am good with that, I'll read the script that was typed up for me. The reality is, as a production of Roberts Media Group, the team includes myself, Anthony Roberts, Artesia Swindle, and Gabrielle Johnson, with music produced by Bowden Beats. You can find Anthony, myself, on social media again at Sir Robert Poe and Gabrielle at naturally underscore G-E-E-E. Yes, three E's. The show is at The Reality Is, and if you like, subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a rating or review. If you listen on SoundCloud, show us some love by tapping the hearts, and you can also email us at info at therealityis.com. So... I know you just heard all that, but I wanted to read the more formatted script. So some of y'all won't miss out on that. I got to say this before I go. I know a lot of y'all counted out uh, OKC. I'm a Bulls fan, so I'm not exact like I jump ship. But there are teams that I do still like in the NBA. OKC being one of them. And they killing right now. The physicality of Russell Westbrook has beaten down Stephen Curry. I think Stephen Curry is good. I will not echo the sentiments of Colin Cowherd. I think he brings a lot more to the game. He can still drive to the basket. He has a good handle. He has a good layup. He has a good vision of the court, and he plays defense. But he's getting killed by the physicality of game in and game out with Russell Westbrook. And the reason he that he's showing a weakness, his weakness is he is weak, be it Stephen Curry. In the regular season, he beat uh, OKC and Russell Westbrook three times. That's because he played Russell Westbrook one night, then he may have played Damian Lillard the next night, then he may have played somebody who was smaller the next night, and then he may have played somebody in Atlanta like Schrader. Like, he didn't play somebody as physical as Russell Westbrook every other day. Now, he's getting Russell Westbrook every other day at 6'4", 6'5", 190, when Stephen Curry is like 6'2", Maybe like 160. I'm, I don't know. I didn't fact check this, so I, I really don't know. But he's getting killed. They're getting killed inside in the post because they don't have the bigs to match up with OKC Thunder. And if somebody wants to bet me directly, hit me up at info at therealityis.com with that bet that in Oakland, four games to one, OKC will beat, will beat the Golden State Warriors. And it will go to a game seven in Cleveland and Toronto because they can't seem to win on somebody else's home court. So this is all about who's going to win on their home court, which I see Toronto winning tomorrow on their home court. And then on Sunday, Cleveland will finish it out on their home court in game seven and OKC versus Cleveland in the finals. I'm predicting OKC four games to two because KD ain't letting this happen again. With him having this leadership that I see growing inside of his stomach, he ain't going to allow King James LeBron to take it a second time like he did while he was in Miami. All right, that's all I got to say, man. I just want you guys to know we love you here from The Reality Is. Hope you guys have a great, great hump day. Hopefully you have a safe Memorial Day. Eat a lot of barbecue. Be safe when you drink and be safe when you're driving. And always remember, NL Curse to XL Success, and let's go the fuck up, man. This is something like the Holocaust. Millions of our people lost. Buy our heads and pay to the law. Till I die, I'm a fucking boss. Now who gon' stop me? Who gon' stop me? Who gon' stop me? Who gon' stop me? Black cars, black cars, black on black, black bras. Whole lot of money in a black bag. Black strap, you know what that's for. 
Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.